Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. My favourite plants of all time are hydrangeas. You would have to be crazy not to love those big, beautiful blooms in gorgeous colours. However, that's my opinion. What do you think, Keith? Hydrangeas. Those fabulous old-fashioned plants with their big, buffy flowers. <laughs> right, so that's from the Greek, hydor, which translates to water, and angor, which means a vessel or jar. Oh. The, the meaning is they require a lot of water to survive, mm. and they're a native to Asia. Um, or more specifically, first seen in Japan. So ah. they've got fossils dating back 65 million years oh. of, of hydrangeas oh, wow. in Japan. Yeah, so it's, it's incredible. And then, of course, there is um, the American variety. Um, and one specific one was, just, uh, was discovered by a lady riding on a horseback in America oh, yeah. and was named Annabelle, which oh yes, you will uh, yes, you will yes, have heard yes, of or yes, seen, yes, and that oh. um, that was a variety brought back to England back in 1736. So that was the first variety or first introduction into England was back of hydrangeas back in 1736, and there are around about 75 different species and 600 named cultivars. Oh, gosh. So there's lots to talk about, about hydrangeas. Yeah, we won't go on too long about it, but that's amazing. I had no idea, and that's interesting to know the history. Thank you. And you're right, they are an old-fashioned plant, and people always say, oh, God, reminds me of my grandmother. But Mm. really, they are – well, I've always loved them, but I think they're actually having a bit of a resurgence at the moment. And why not? Because they are absolutely divine. So I'm familiar mostly with the macrophylla hydrangea Mm -hmm. or mophead varieties. I grew up with them in this garden because my mother grew them and we ended up buying this house from my mother. Um, So we have got 50 or 60-year-old hydrangeas and they just Just keep coming back for more and they get better and better and better. And they look wonderful. But there are a number of other varieties, as you Mm -hmm. said, and we will talk about – we'll have a bit of a chat about those. But let's start with the macrophyllas. And what is it – well, I know what it is, but what is it really that makes them so appealing, do you think? Well, I just think because of the, the flowers are just in your face, and there's, and and each flower is is you know nestling next to the to an, to another flower, yeah. which nest, is nestling to another one. So the whole the whole bush looks like just a a, a flower. Big head. flower. I know yeah. that's as long as you have uh, pruned them properly. Yeah. Because that won't happen if you don't prune them properly. But I think it's the, it's the whole life cycle. Mm. Like in in late from late winter, they have this beautiful shiny new foliage that comes up mm-hmm. from nothing pretty yep. much. The flowers start to bloom in early spring and steadily grow and change colour and get bigger and bigger. So each stage being really pretty because there are so many different colours. The flowers develop from really a soft green into a huge circle of pink or blue or red or lilac or white, whatever you've got. Mm -hmm. And then they stay like that all the way through summer as long as they're in the right position and not being burnt by the sun. Mm -hmm. So then in autumn, the flower colours mature into these beautiful earthy browns, greens, deep reds as they start to die off. Mm. And I think that stage is absolutely gorgeous as well. And then really every stage, as I've just explained, is beautiful until probably around April, May when they really start to die off. And that's, um, you know, they have about a month, I think, and yeah. then they start all over again. So, you know, that's like, it's so exciting because you've got this green, pretty much green garden through winter, depending on what plants you have. And then all of a sudden this these as you said, these massive flowers just start to bloom and it just suddenly you've got this colour everywhere. It's great. 
It's heavenly. Good. Yep. Heavenly, heavenly. And then also you've got this perfect flowers for picking in summer and they are so – because they're so big, they you only need a couple to, to display in a vase. They mm. look fantastic. So that's so easy. And they're fabulous for wreath making as well. Yeah. So there you are. Do you make wreaths? <laughs> I don't make wreaths. You should. It's fun. Let, let's just have a, let's have, let's have a think about the, uh, the, the hydrangeas themselves. Yes. They, they, um, they are a plant you wouldn't want to go out there and pick a leaf off and chew and a bit of a, a bite on because it produces a toxin called cyanide. <laughs> Does so, it really? Yeah, so you've got to be very, very careful about that. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, um, we, you, you mentioned about all the different colours. Yes. And they're all related. Those colours are related back to the soil conditions, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. That's right. That's so if I had about. a whole heap of, of, of the macrophyllus, so that we're talking about the big buffy ones with Mop the, heads, yes. the, the, um, the big leaves, big glossy leaves full of cyanide, mm-hmm. if I had <laughs> those and they're all white, what would the soil pH be? Oh, don't ask me what exactly what the soil <laughs> pH would be. Putting me on the spot. What is it? It would be it would be neutral. Oh, oh I see what you mean. So yeah. it's not acidic. It's not alkaline. No, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. So that's when you have white flowers. But when you buy a white flowering hydrangea and you put it into your garden, mm-hmm. you, you'll get that for one maybe two years, and then and then, and then it, they're going to go pink or blue. They'll go pink or blue. Oh. All right, oh, so watch that. that's yeah, so that's it. Oh, because I have a friend or a family member who just loves only white hydrangeas, so that's interesting. She's going to yeah. be frustrated, isn't she? Well, after a few years, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now with the the macrophylla, mm-hmm. there are a couple of there are a number of different varieties yes. of macrophylla, aren't there? Do yeah. you know what those varieties are? Um, well, we mentioned one earlier, and that's Annabelle. Yes, Annabelle is is a particular strain that, um, as, as I said, was discovered in America. Yeah. So, and, what does and Annabelle look like? In the it looks it looks very similar in term in terms of its um, flowers to the to the normal macrophylla. Okay, because okay. there's the lace cap. Yeah, that's, which is slightly different. Which is slightly different again. So, we're getting into real, you know, cultivars. <laughs> Of that All one. right, we could go All on right. forever. Yeah, we could. I won't do that. I won't, I won't do that. Um, should, we, should we talk about the different varieties other than the mopeds so we don't spend all our time talking yeah. about the mopeds? There is the oak leaf or? Quercifolia, hydrangea quercifolia. Can you tell us about that All one? Right. The leaves resemble the cut leaf of the oak tree and these flowers are white mm-hmm. and unaffected by the soil's pH. So if ah. you want to have a, a pink or a blue one, you ain't going to get it. It, it's not it's affected. Going be, it's going to be not affected. It's going, it's going to, to stay be white. white. Yes, Absolutely. which is very pretty too. And of course, they've they've hybridised those over the years and come up with a few beautiful varieties. One of which um, um, I managed to get two of from from pots, beautiful Art Deco pots in in our front yard. Yeah, and that is Munchkin. Beautiful Munchkin. That's which, right. Which um, starts yep. off white. But the flowers will go to a beautiful pink, pinky colour. That's right. Um, later on, so and uh, they're quite uh, how because they're the mop heads. Well, after many many years, get quite tall. Yeah. But the um, these quercifolias, they they'll get, they'll get to about one, one and a half meters. Yeah, yeah. So they're great to have along a fence line or something. Absolutely. Above the maybe above the mop heads. Yep. Yep. Okay. So there's that one. We're then moving into the limelight mm-hmm. hydrangea. Yes. They're bigger again. They're called. They're also called. Paniculata, is that right? Yes. Yeah. All right. That was discovered originally in 1826 
by German botanist and physician Philipp von Siebold. Oh, thank um, you. And he discovered that while he was studying plants in Japan. Right. It has smaller leaves and bears flowers of long conical panicles of creamy white flowers in late summer. Okay. The florets may open pale green, fading to white with age and uh, giving off a, a subtle two-tone appearance. So Ooh. beautiful. Absolutely I put some beautiful. of those in, but I have, I've only just put some in. I haven't had experienced the flowers yet, so I'm looking yeah. forward to them. I think they're starting to come out now, which is going to be mm-hmm. lovely. Um, and these these ones are both the oak leaf and the panicula of the limelight. The oak leaf and the limelight are, are more tolerant of sun, is that they, correct? Yeah, and more tolerant of no sun. Okay, so, so, so I've got I've got both I've, I've got both of those in full shade. Oh. Never see the light of day, and they're thriving. And, and they will carry they'll carry on with their leaves nearly all the way through the whole of the winter. Okay. And of course, they colour up, so you get this beautiful autumn leaf leaf effect. Oh, that's yes, gorgeous! Um, which just looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Looking forward to that. What about the Petiolaris? What is yes. that? Yes, right. So it's it's a climbing hydrangea. Um, it's best grown where it gets the morning sun only, mm-hmm. all right? Mm. Uh, so so grow, grow it on the south side of a house on a wall or over a terrace. Mm. And this um, plant can also be grown as a ground cover. Oh, yeah, right. All yep, right? yep. And um, will easily cover 15 square metres wow. on the ground, so terrific. And so that would do – it has the same activity that the, the, the other hydrangeas do, so it'll be dormant in winter? Yes, it, it is. It loses all yeah. its leaves and yep. its flowers, so the same the, sort of cycle. The flowers are slightly different. They're yeah, more, they're, they are, are more flat. Oh. Uh, yeah, so they're, so they're produced in what are called flat corymbs. So they're just a flat, flat-leafed um, flower head. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. I haven't seen that. Um, there are new ra- – now, we're talking about hybridisation in our past podcasts. Mm-hmm. There are new – uh, I think they're more macrophyllas, yes. but there are a number. Uh, one called Endless Summer, one called Magical Revolution, uh, which has, they have a long flowering season in the garden since the plants flower on both old and new wood. We haven't discussed the old and new wood yeah. yet, but they they last longer apparently. That's right. So that's uh, that would be interesting to try those in the garden as well. What about this whole thing about colour change, which I am constantly asked about? How so, can I change my pink flower to a blue one? Well, that's only done only done with um, the macrophyllas. So, you, so yeah, all the other yes, varieties, yes, forget about forget it. That, you, yep, you're you stuck can't. with the, the white. Yep. Um, so, so what 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 I have in, in in our garden is I've got some to the to the to the right of of the garden space, and they're all pinks. Mm-hmm. And then next to those, I've got whites, and then coming transitioning off the other side are blues. So, the blues all work off uh, a pH that is below seven, so down down between six and five. So acidic, acidic soil. soils yep. are going to give you the blues. And then if you go across the other way, after you've gone gone to the white one and go to the pink one, you're into the alkaline range. So how did you do that? Okay, so I simply um, spread um, um, garden lime, and that was all I used. Um, in in the in the section where I wanted to have the pink flowers, mm. um, I made sure that I brought the pH up to seven mm. by doing a simple pH test for where I wanted the white flowers. So, mm. so I've got the you know the high the high alkaline, the the mm. neutral, and then on the other side, I'm pulling it down yeah. by by using um, something like sulphur. Okay. 
uh, flowers of sulphur will, will pull that down. Or you can use some chelated iron. Okay. And right. that'll also reduce the, the, the soil's pH. So if someone wants to change the colour of their flowers, they have to wait until they have bloomed for that yes. season. Yes. Then they, when do they actually uh, you know, add these products to the soil? That best done best done during during the dormancy period. So, so through winter. Yeah. So through so through winter, mm-hmm. and what you'll find then is is they they will not they they will not produce the change that you want in that season. It's all it's already built into them. Yeah. You might get a slight a slight variance, either a slight bit of blue in it or a slight bit of pink in it. You know, how, however you want to change okay. it up. Okay. Yep. So I have I don't ever do worry about any of this sort of stuff. I just pop them in, and and because I don't mind having a bit of yeah. various colour throughout mm. the garden. I have got one um, hydrangea which is not sure whether it wants to be blue or pink. It's just one of those that just doesn't know. <laughs> it's not sure. It's a bit confused. Every year it comes up and half the flowers pink and half the flowers yeah. blue, almost. Yeah. So that's a poor so it's probably It's just quite sitting, happy, but yeah. it looks a bit confused. Beautiful. From the poor thing. All right. So um, I think that's probably all we need to talk about. As, as far as that's concerned, people will learn that people will know now that they need to actually do that when it's dormant. Yeah. And just so the after the so when the first flowers come out, are you saying that it still might be a bit confused the yeah, first season? So yeah. they've got to wait to the next it'll, it'll season, the, next the, year the, the before following it'll, season. Yeah. they'll actually have yes. the effect that they want. So they've yeah. got to be a bit patient with that. All right, so let's get into conditions. What sort of conditions are hydrangeas need? I think we touched on how, the fact that the quercifolia and the paniculata are tolerant of most conditions. Yes, but the macrophylla is a little more sensitive and does need. Oh, it's happy, likes the morning sun, mm-hmm. needs to have shade pretty much through yes. the heat of the day yes. and maybe a bit of sun at the other end of the day. So yep. what's south-facing? Yeah, something south-facing where it's just getting, getting the morning sun, basically. Or under trees, dappled uh, shade, under, under, under trees, trees would be lovely. perfect for it. But you've got to remember, as we, as we said right in the beginning, these are water-loving plants, mm-hmm. so we've got to make sure that there's plenty of moisture down at the root zone. Yes, uh, in, in the particular when we're coming into these really, really hot days. Yes, yes. Keep it watered and also add lots of mulch. Yep. They like a bit of air movement, so don't squash them together too much. No. Um, but yes, the other ones will be fine in in most conditions. So, and if anyone who likes white flowers will love those quercifolias and paniculatas anyway. Oh, so that's, gorgeous! That's great. As far as maintenance is concerned, feeding hydrangeas. Yeah. What are we to Well, you tell me. I, got, I don't you've, you've very got, often. I need more. your advice, Keith. <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm not worried too much because they're fine. They're but all, they always look fabulous, yeah. Thing, but I um, just do the general feeding yeah, pretty and much. That's, and that's, all, that's all, all they require. So really just some good general organic food. Don't okay. go chucking out, you know, in any granular crap. No. Just yeah. good organic food. On a, pretty, on on a, a regular, on a regular basis, basis yeah. each, each, yeah. each season. And they'll reward you. Absolutely, as they do, as we keep repeating, or I do. Um, pest control. Now, I don't seem to have a lot of trouble with pests with those because no, they're fairly tough. They're very tough. But apparently scale can appear, but mm-hmm. you can pick it off. Yep. But if you get a large infestation, treat with what? Um, I, I would always go for you know something like uh, eco oil. Yep, yep. Um, give, it, give them a bit of dose, a dose of eco oil. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to be doing it in summer, then what you need to be looking for is summer oil, oh, okay. which is nowhere near as um, as heavy as as the normal oil, white so oils. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a summer oil. If you're going to be spraying and you notice that you've got those little black mongrels on your leaves, yes, those horrible then. things. Okay. Yep. Um, 
Do you know anything about growing them from cuttings? You can grow them from cuttings, yes, and they'll grow true, true to type. And that's okay. just simply, you know, making sure that you've got a, you've got a, um, a node probably about a centimetre um, above where you cut. Okay. All right, and then yep. the, and and it's got to be it's got to be a bit of different wood that you're getting those cuttings off. So you wouldn't be taking the top wood off. You'd be going down into the into the middle it's bit the, of wood that you've got in there. So the new wood or old wood? Are you saying so? So into still, the into the new. old wood. On you, okay. Yep, into the old wood. And okay. Then get your get your cutting. Okay, I've also. I mean, I've tried in the past. Apparently, they're so they're so resilient. You can just about cut it off and throw it straight into the ground. Just about. But mm. you'd probably be better to put in some um, some good. Yeah, another, propagating mix. Another method is is sure. one that I you know I, I posted on recently where I've used um, an air layering method where there are specific little um, plastic containers and like they look like balls that you open up, mm. put some sphagnum moss in there. Mm. You go and nick through the through the the bark through the the cambium layer. That's the green layer underneath, mm-hmm. and you'd remove probably around about a, a centimeter of that. And then you put that ball. ball around it with the sphagnum moss wet mm-hmm. around it and clamp it off. Mm. And then six weeks' time, you'll have a you'll have a brand new hydrangea in, in that little ball with the roots ready to go into a pot or to the ground. Oh, so then you cut it off properly. You cut it off below that and then yep. stick it in the ground. Oh, that sounds good. Terrific oh, idea. Great idea. Now, what about pruning? That's a big okay. thing. It is, and and because you've you've got. A whole garden full of macrophyllas. I should know what I'm doing. You should know exactly. So you tell okay, us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you would prune the hydrangea hydrangeas any time after flowering finishes. Now I do that about around about April each year in Melbourne, and that's when it's really quite clear of foliage, so as you can see what you're doing to encourage flowers next season, which we want to do. Prune the new wood only, and just above a plump pair of buds. So you've got two buds opposite each other on the stem, cut just above that. So so that's um, that's just flower. That has flowered, you know, that was past season. If pruning the old wood, new growth will still appear, but no flowers will appear on that wood. So you might, you won't have, you mm-hmm. know, you'll still have lovely greenery. So don't worry if you do that. Um, that's the that's that's the macrophylla, but yep. I'm not sure about the paniculata and the quercifolia. Okay. Just, just another thing on on that pruning oh, yeah. with with the macrophylla. Yeah. If your hydrangeas are starting to get so congested mm. you really need, need to go down deep and remove all the old wood yeah or where you have the two buds yeah um, rather than just cutting above the two buds cut di- diagonally yes. through so you're removing one of the buds off cut the, through one of the buds yeah you cut diagonally through the wood so that you've you've left one one bud only on yeah the, to come oh. out and that's that's going to open up open up the the hydrangeas and make them less congested. Oh, good idea. So there's okay. just a little little. But if we want them to be congested, then you cut straight you across because you know little. congested means more flowers. But yes, right. but you're right. Some of my flower, some of my hydrangeas are getting a little heavy. Yes. So, so it's, that's probably something I should be doing. Yeah. All right. So the oak leaf um, yes. and and the panicle hydrangea. Yes. They flower on the new growth. Right. Okay. So, then that's the growth. That's the growth that they are producing this year. Yes. All right. So it doesn't matter where you cut them. You can cut them back down to the ground if you want. Okay. Easy. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Um, so you prune these varieties in autumn, winter, or spring. Mm. So that's how forgiving they are. Okay. Uh, the best time to prune, however, is, is uh, as the flower heads are declining. Okay. So you might want to. to um, 
take those off. That's and that process is just, just called deadheading, mm. uh, and you can free free this up for more flowering. Yeah, so they'll right. they'll have a repeat flowering on that. Okay. Um, if you want to reduce the size of the plant or reshape it, it's best done in spring. Okay. Uh, and you can prune it right down to ground level um, in the springtime. Okay. And that's, uh, that's and that's it for both those varieties. So they, they are just so easy to look after. Yeah, yeah, easy, they sound easier. easier to look after than the macrophylla. Yeah, definitely. They sound like it. Have we covered everything? I've pretty much covered everything. Yeah, we have. Okay. Um, you know, just to, just give them a good feed. That's all. Keep and water. The feed up to them. And, and the water. 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 So if you have never grown hydrangeas, do give it a try. You will be rewarded over and over and over again. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.